0: This is Kay Rashad, and you are listening to the Art Sob Podcast. This is the podcast where I interview people I love about whatever the hell I want. In this podcast, I'm determined to get to the bottom of some things like what's it like to be an escort? Will my partner Finn love me forever? And do white people wash their legs? Let's start the show. Today I'm talking to Christina, also known as Tina Murray, and she is a musician, uh, a bartender, uh, a honky tonk babe, and my friend. Hi, Tina. Hi. How are you? Okay, great to be here. It's
1: good. I'm good. How? I'm good. I'm happy to. Uh, happy to be hanging out and chatting
0: today. Um. I love, I just adore you, and I love your accent, so it's so good to hear from you and get to talk to you, because I could listen to you talk all day.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. Sometimes when I listen back on podcasts, I'm like,
0: oh, God, why do I sound like that? So. No, it's, you have the best accent I've ever heard. It's even better in person. It's like, you are just a real Southern belle. You're so cute. Um, so... But you're, like, also a badass bitch, which is really cool. <laughs> um, so, Tina, do you want to introduce yourself? What would you say about yourself? Oh, gosh. That's a,
1: that's a loaded question, huh? <laughs> How would I introduce myself? Okay, so my name is Christina Murray. I am a country musician. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, um, city of Atlanta.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, I've been in Nashville about, what it'll be, six years in June. Um and yeah, uh, I think that some um, sums it up. Okay.
0: And that's a short that's the short and sweet, I guess. That's the short and sweet, perfect. And um what are your pronouns so we can refer to you properly and how do you identify? I am she her. Okay, yeah. perfect. And um what you drinking, girl?
1: I am drinking a Pins cup oh.
0: which has
1: um uh, some muddled English cucumber, some mint from our garden, and uh, some lemon and lime. Then a little dash of uh, Seven Up on top.
0: Okay, that sounds very refreshing.
1: It's, it's my favorite summer drink. So I've been pounding the pims.
0: Um. Uh. I've never been to Nashville. Um, it's on my list. My mother wants to go there for her 60th birthday, even though I have told her she's going to hate it because it's loud. She doesn't like loud. Um, it's probably crowded. She doesn't like crowded. So can, can you tell me a little bit yeah, about Yeah, it's both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know. She likes country music, and I'm like, well, it has that, but it also has people, and it's loud. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, like art and the the art scene in Nashville? Sure. Um, I mean, admittedly,
1: I, I really only know kind of the facet that I'm into. And, yeah, of and course. Again, I think I am slightly embarrassed that that I don't have a super vast uh, expanse on knowledge on a, a bunch of different facets of art um, in this community. But Um, In the kind of independent uh, Americana country circuit that I play in, it's um, a bunch of songwriters, uh, young people, and lots of of different collaborations. The kind of country music that I play is more um, traditional-focused as opposed to what one would hear on the radio, you know, like the, the kind of pop country with the drum you know with the synthesizers and laptop piece. it's not it's not that at all it's uh, it's definitely more in the traditional vein so uh most of the most of folks I know most of the artists I know are trying to work in and around that vein I do know quite a handful of rock and rollers as well so um but yeah that's, that's uh you know we you know we play around town there's a lot of a lot of a lot of folks tour out of nashville um obviously no one's touring right now and for the foreseeable future unfortunately um but it's it's kind of a hub for that it's a hot spots create um a lot of songwriters. uh songwriting is a big piece for me um yeah i think yeah i think that's that's a that's a good uh Example, I guess that's a good description as
0: far as so far as I know. We met in Santa Fe while you were touring, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was touring with my friend JP. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And, um, what is it like to be touring with a bunch of dudes? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. It's,
1: it's not terrible. I mean, definitely the that group of guys is um, a pretty tolerable bunch. You know, yeah. um, they're all pretty sweet and funny and, and um, understanding. And uh, especially there in Santa Fe, we all had our own ho- hotel room, so I think that really helped. Right. Um, but uh, you know, long term, you. Uh, you, you just gotta take it with a grain of salt, I guess.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I was lucky on that tour because we had Sasha on that tour who was uh, tour managing, and so there was at least one other woman there with me, which was which was great. Right.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but luckily, those guys, a lot of those guys are, are close friends, so it um, so that one wasn't wasn't too bad. When I do my own when I do my own touring under my own name, um, and I take my own band. It's a little bit more. I gotta them whipped into shape because I'm running the show, so. Right. It's uh, it's making sure they don't drink too much and that they don't barf all over the Waffle house table the next morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would think that for sure, like... Uh, have you ever been asked to play like in a band that you know wasn't yours? Like, have you ever been hired in a band and like just been with like a really horrible group before? Um,
1: I have had a touring experience where I was ready to, I was ready for it to be over and come home.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> a couple of times, and and that's just because tensions got high between uh, there members of. Um, of a band that I was with, and so it, it, it was just uncomfortable, kind of, to be around. And it was definitely like, okay, we still got like three more shows, tour. And we got to get through this. And so I have, I've been in that situation. Luckily, I haven't been too involved as a personal party to to that kind of conflict. Hopefully, knock on wood, one won't ever be. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely exists. It's not. It's a very, um, it's, it's not a typical normal life, being a touring musician, being a musician at
0: all, really. Right. How do you, like, how do you, okay, when you write a song, because you are an amazing, like, songwriter, singer, you're just, you. you're so cool. I, you, I, like, I remember seeing you, like, because we were staying in this uh, for the listeners, we were staying in the same hotel, that's how we met, um, in Santa Fe. Every time i would see you, like walking around i'd be like oh my god who is that cool girl she's like so amazing she just like looks so cool I knew. and and then i have like got to talk to you and you were even cooler but when you start to write a song do you start with the music first or do you start with the lyrics first or what do you what's your process um it it
1: definitely depends lately it's been you know i keep a notes thing on my phone so when I hear over here a line in the conversation or I read something in a book that kind of sparks a thought or I think oh that would be a good first line for a song or oh that would be a good first ti- that would be a good title of a the song then I'll pull out my phone and I'll write um, that lyric in the notes section and then you know every couple of weeks I'll go back through that I'll go back through um, you know my analog notebook
0: <laughs> yeah. Where I've
1: written stuff down and I'll pull um, songs that are lyrics, lines that seem like they work together or have kind of a, a theme that's going on and uh-huh. I'll pull all those from either my notes section or notebook and then I'll get kind of some work pages going so I'll have kind of these ideas swirling around and then pull from that and then start writing so typically I would say it is words first, other times I'll be just driving around um, Know, or hanging out at the house or doing something, you know, doing housework or something like that, and then I'll get kind of a melody line or I'll get an offshoot of melody line and I'll pull out my phone again and and open the the voice memo app and kind of hum a little bit or whistle a little bit of a song. So, generally, I would say it's the words that come first um, and then. Maybe ten percent of the time, um, melody, and I'll will just you know fuck around on the guitar and, and try and, right. and try and find some sort of a melody or some sort of a cool lick or something. Um, but very rarely do they ever come together uh, at the same time. That the when the muse happens, those are definitely what I think are my best songs. But that that happens so rarely when it's like it all descends at once. You know, as as many artists would say, like that doesn't
0: happen all that time, all that often. <laughs> right. Um, When, you know, yeah, I I, usually I'll hear something like you said, and then it all kind of I get kind of a vision in my head. But it's uh, it's it it really depends. Like you said, Um, I was wondering um, when when we got to talking, I was you know not surprised but i was just so impressed with the group that you were with um how you guys were all really you're all really liberal politically and socially um yeah how was how is it for y'all to live in the south how like with such liberal views um (laughs) How is it living in the South down there? Like- yeah, man, that,
1: God, we could talk, couldn't we talk all night about that? <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone, other than Justin, he lives in, uh, he lives in Canada, so he's not even really part of this conversation, but, uh, um, you know, we all live in in a southern city, and, you know, southern right. cities have long been bastions of, of liberal enclaves, thankfully, Yep. and of the south, and so that certainly helps. You know, we had um, a, a protest here last Thursday that had, I think, ble- between 20 and 40,000 protesters. Okay. This is amazing. Um, so it's definitely... It's certainly not easy because we are surrounded by Trump country, because we are surrounded by this um, conservative, you know, tank. And uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to live anywhere but the South, you know, ever again. I, I lived in Colorado for about six years, and that was great, but it's also a bubble. Um, right. And, you know, growing up Southern, and luckily growing up in Atlanta, I was... I was fortunate enough to grow up in a pretty open-minded family and a uh, liberal situation um, so I, that was always there for me and um, I don't know I think I, it you you could it could be two sides of this coin where it's it's not it's not great to have all your friends be of such the same mindset that you live in a bubble which I think sometimes occurs when all of your friends, kind of have the same mindset like like you're saying like we all are more on the liberal you know spectrum uh-huh. uh, polit- uh pol- politically and culturally um but it it helps uh, you know it certainly helps artists artists generally I feel like are that way and so we kind of find each other and right stick with each other um I mean, you know, it's not easy but we gotta we gotta think about how we can make the South better in in this way. You know. There's definitely there's a blue belt in the South and I think it can I think it can get bigger. I think it can get bigger than the Bible belt eventually one day, but we just gotta stay here and fight the good fight and not you know, as much as I might wanna go move to the Bay Area <laughs> I can't <laughs> afford it once. But two, you know, it might be better to stay here and see if we can Eventually, like elect some non Republican
0: senators, right? And do you still see like the South being conservative? I'm sure. Um, does that uh, I mean does that surprise you like a little bit? If for how progressive 2020 feels in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, it's it's. In in one regard, it's really fucking sad that it's taken this fucking long for something like this to happen, um, or for there to really feel like there is some momentum happening. Yeah. And, you know, it gets me excited, but it also makes me worry about um, getting burned out and us not having enough momentum to make the real changes which happen at the policy level, which will happen until we vote right. so that definitely feels feels really worrisome but you know I mean <laughs> in a lot of ways people that I people that I would have never had conversations about race relations with are actually being willing to talk about these things for the first time mm-hmm. and that is what is, is really shocking to me um, and and again I hope I hope it can I, I hope you know the the protests can go hand in hand with the, the political the political movement too, because that's really what has to happen. What has to
0: change, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so your like personal style is so cool. Um, you just. I don't know exude like this very cool girl energy and you like dress really cool and your hair is just like very loose and you just you just look cool um where do you get your personal (laughs) style from oh um
1: gosh I've never really thought about that I guess like I feel inspired by my girlfriends and my peers yeah my roommate is really fashionable and my Some of my girlfriends are real fashionable. And I would say I probably tend toward, you know, decade-wise, I probably tend toward more like the 70s look. Yeah. 70s, maybe a little bit 80s in there. Like, I've started to...
0: You definitely look like Carly Simon or something.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I would go in that direction. I um, I like some of the kind of kind of older fashioned honky tonk looks but I would never you know you probably never see me in a cowboy hat because right. I don't ride horses you know and I don't think I look good at a cowboy hat but I don't know one of the perks about living in Nashville is you get to be around so many different kinds of artists and one of those is, um, you know fashion designers one of my uh, closest friends in Nashville is a hat maker and um, she's ex- you know extremely stylish and she's tells me all the time, like, Oh, let me help you with your style. I'm like, please I need it because, you know, like you said, my hair is usually one way down and kind of greasy and maybe not brushed, but I don't know. It's a mixture of it's a mixture of a lot of things. So like probably laziness, not being able to afford new clothes and then also making do with what I have <laughs> in
0: all honesty. Well you look um, really cool. Um
1: and comfort, you know, it's good to have a good pair of
0: boots or clogs you know to wear on stage I love clogs um I wear them all the time um mm-hmm. so wh- what has drawn you like specifically to like eras gone by I honky tonk is such a specific type of music Americana um why do you like that style of music instead of, you know, the more shiny, new country? Because that's the only type of country I like, girl, is the type you play. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Well, you're definitely not one. I, I always hate it when people are like, I like all kinds of music except for country. And I'm just like, we just haven't found the right country music yet, you know? Right that's what I think I think what they're referring to is like the trash that's on the radio which let's be real it's mostly trash <laughs> you know it's mostly like privileged white dudes like ripping off you know <laughs> uh, beats from 1998 you know uh-huh. it's just like it's, it's not anyway it's, it's pretty vapid in, in my opinion so I think that's kind of what people are referring to when they say that um, I, I don't know I've been a connoisseur in a a student of country music for gosh, at least like 15, 17, 18 years now. And, um, I've studied bluegrass music pretty intensively, um, and traditional country music all the way up through, you know, I know a ton of nineties country. Um, I think just the honesty behind country music is what initially drew me through it. Through that genre to myself, or me to that genre, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was learning how to play guitar, um, you know, most country music is pretty simple. I said they say three chords and the truth. Um, so if you know how to play G, C, and D, you can play pretty much the entire catalog of of uh, of the greats. And um, I don't know. There's a lot of soul in there. There's a lot of soul in country music, and um, it feels really honest to me and some of my voice kind of just lends itself to that way of singing I don't I don't have a pop kind of voice you know in my opinion I, I don't have the, the ability to, to you know to write bars I don't have the ability to sing jazz music and, and um, so yeah so I think all those kind of mixed together really drew me to to that that art
0: form yeah. That genre. It is it's a really special type of music. I really, really love it. I mean I, I love think so, yeah. all and it's singer songwritery, right? It's it's folky. It's yeah, um for sure. And I like my favorite artists are singer songwriters. Like I love like uh, well Carly Simon I, I love mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell and yeah, I love like Tracy Chapman um, so yeah. all of these singer songwriters are just it's its like I love Janice and they're all it's all the same things but it's you know instead it's country music so I, I love yeah. people that um, can write a song that comes from a personal place so what, yeah Yeah, and particularly with singer-songwriter
1: folk kind of music, you have a little bit more leeway to get kind of cerebral with it, you know, and get you know I don't want to say poetic because that's not necessarily what it is, but in that vein, you know. um, So I think the combination of of um, country and then that kind of singer-songwriter folk element. I know that's what I try to incorporate um, into my music. I, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to write and record and release and sing and perform great songs and great music that people connect to and want to hear. And, you know, that's that's the goal. But also, you know, to, to make art that fulfills me as well.
0: Who would you say your like biggest influences are?
1: Oh, um, I mean, George Jones is definitely a huge one. I think he's, like, the greatest country singer that ever lived, pretty much. Oh, okay. I mean, Lou Harris was a huge one for me for a really long time. Probably about 10 years, I studied her entire catalog and um, studied her performance and the way that she sings. Joni was always a huge... Joni Mitchell was always a huge influence for me growing up. That was, like, I don't know, my mom probably played Blue for me the album Blue for me when I was like five or six. Oh, um so good same with Lucinda Williams uh, Lucinda's a huge huge influence for me she's she's probably my favorite songwriter mm-hmm um wow. yeah there's just there's so many um I'm thinking a lot about John Prine lately just because he passed recently right um I'm thinking a lot about Guy Clark um he's he's a big influence on me I don't I think his way of writing is really, I wouldn't say untouchable, but it's really not, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to accomplish. That really conversational storytelling nature is, um, is something to be really admired. So that's just a handful.
0: Yeah. They're all classics. Oh, and I just absolutely love Joni. She's just, it's like, her voice is so pure. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I could listen to it forever, and I love. Yeah, she, I love I mean, River. she really
1: is a genius. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know if you if you watched the Rolling Thunder Review, uh, um, Bob Dylan movie that came out this summer.
0: No. But there's like a
1: scene where, uh, you know, it's a bunch of old footage that I guess hadn't been released or. Um, Anyway, I want to I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but there's there's one scene uh where Jodie Mitchell's playing her song Coyote and it's in this like funky tuning like she always does and has these like cool changes and and she's playing with the boys and they're all kind of like baffled by it. They're all kind of like so stunned by her and like oh. and it just makes me like really think about how I just really think that she's, as a creative genius, she's she's really under-celebrated, under you know? I mean, yeah. she is definitely, certainly celebrated, but, you know, people never mention her up there with, like, Dylan. And I, I really think
0: she sits right up there with them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder why that is. It's probably because she's a woman. <laughs> oh, I know it. I know. She, her, they, she should be up there with, like, Neil Young and everyone else. Like, come on now. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And huh. I mean, I think of her in that space, and I wish that the music establishment would do that too. And again, maybe I'm, I'm reading that wrong, and she is celebrated like that. But anytime people mention like the great, the icon, the same like five or six dudes over and over again. I know. So that's definitely a, a, a shift in mind, you know, mindset. But I I'm know. looking forward to, uh, to changing in the and the coming
0: century. <laughs> there's so many great cl- girls in, in women that are just there's so many great women that are just incredible. And um like no one talks about Joan Armatrading. She's so good. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, she's a musician, huh? Yeah. So good. Okay. Okay, you have to find her and listen to The Weakness in Me. An amazing song. Her voice is incredible okay, and her guitar is incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll text it to you. <laughs> Okay, great. Um okay, so I want to ask you if you would mind singing something for us. <laughs> oh, sure.
2: All right. Can you try here? Yep.
0: Songs. I know. It's so cute. They, I love mm-hmm. your voice. It's so sweet.
1: So sweet. Thank you.
0: Yes, of course. Um, so tell me, Tina, what is next for you? Like, what's next on the horizon? Are you making music now? What are you doing?
1: Oh, um, gosh, just hard to know, really, huh? Um, yeah, it is guess,
0: hard to know. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm going to put a single out in the next few weeks. Um, it's a song that my friend Leo Rondu and I wrote back in January. And I think it's pretty uh, it's, a, it's a pretty um, timeless song for what for especially for what's going on right now. That's that was kind of a <laughs> that was kind of an ironic statement, but um, anyway, it's called the Great Unknown, and I, I hope it'll be out by the end of June. And it'll be a video and all that, all that good stuff, and that'll just be on all the uh, streaming platforms. But then after that, um, I've got a call with my producer this week, and we're going to talk about my next record. Um oh. And I've been trying you know, I've been trying to write as much as possible in this in this time that we're in. Um, and sometimes that feels easy and sometimes I feel like the pressure is really heavy and so I'm trying to kinda of have grace with that and not and not put undue pressure on myself to, you know, have thousands and albums worth of incredible songs. To, to record, so um, I find that the older I get and the more that I am doing this and uh, doing, you know, working as, a, as an artist and, and writing and being a writer and a songwriter, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the tinier your filter gets and, and, the, and the stronger your own opinions of your own work gets, so
0: <laughs> right.
1: uh, it gets hard to sometimes think that anything you know, I mean, I'm sure you you know this and you've struggled with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking that anything that any of your output is is worthy of, of putting into the world, even though surely, you know, it is. Some of it is anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all that to say is I'm working on new songs. I'm trying to write the best stuff I can. Uh, that's really that's really what I want to do. As I said, I just want to write songs, put them out. So I'm hoping that the, you know, the coronavirus will get to the place where we can, uh, I can go into the studio and, and record. I love to do that. I love to do that with the whole band. So hopefully by the end of the year, something like that, that will happen and we'll have something to put out next year at some point.
0: Do you like making music videos or, um, I, oh it, no! <laughs> I don't. It so, seems luckily, so unreal to me. Excellent. Like all I think about the is ex- like making the video on MTV. <laughs>
1: yes, and like behind, yeah, like behind the video or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't really love the narrative of uh, music videos. I mean, none of my videos have really had that so so in so far. But um, my next one is a little bit more. Uh, kind of cerebral psychedelic so it's not even narrative at all. It's just kind of like a visual platform. Um, so yeah, so those all those kinds of things are swirling around. Um, I don't know, I would love to do some I'm gonna do a couple more live streams here in the next weeks
0: and, uh, Oh, I'll be there.
1: I don't know. I I'm just gonna I just gonna hope that we can we can get Get back working and playing because the performance aspect is, is my favorite of of it. All. Yeah. So, Would
0: yeah. you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert?
1: Um, I think that this pandemic quarantine quarantine has um, showed me that I'm an extrovert for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I like I like to have time to myself and I like to be quiet and still, but. I would even do that, you know, a lot of times my boyfriend and I just sit on his back porch and we're just quiet and reading and, you know, listening to music and having a cocktail and, and that, you know, even if I'm being introverted with another person, I so prefer that to being completely alone for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's good to reset and kind of rethink about those things. But I think I'm definitely more on the extrovert spectrum for sure.
0: Oh, I'm like the most supreme introvert. I'm, yeah. I, I took one of those personality tests um, that tell you if you're like an I N, you know, I N T J. Blah, blah blah. I am an i n t j. Yeah. yeah. And then it tells you like celebrities that are the same um, yeah. personality type as yours. I'm the same personality type as Hannibal Lecter. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like I'm like that's great. Thank thank you for that. Mm-hmm.
1: The <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a Gemini and I get a lot of shit for
0: that. Ah, oh, I love Geminis. They're one of my favorite yeah, signs. See? Thank
1: you. Yes. people that love Geminis, they are my favorite people.
0: <laughs> they are almost always extroverts, though, Geminis. Yeah. I've I never met... my met Josh the
1: other day. He was like, what are you? And I was like, a Gemini. I was like I'm a Gemini. He was like, his eyes got really big and his mouth dropped. He's like, you're kidding me. And I was like, no. He was like, I hate Geminis usually. I was like,
0: thanks. I've but. never, ever met an Introverted Gemini. Gemini's are always extroverts. They're always fun. I love Gemini's, and then usually they're good in yeah. bed. So hey, Tina, we know about you now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I was telling my friend Kate the other day. She's a Gemini too, and we were. She was like, "Why does everyone hate us?" And I was like, "I mean, every." And what I told her was like, "Everybody's got two sides to themselves. Everybody's got split personalities. We're just honest about it. We just wear ours on our sleeves. So some call that honesty, you know." <laughs> let's be real
0: um, what's your rising and moon sign do you know
1: i have taken two tests that have told me
0: different things so i'm oh, not really i'm not
1: sure i need to go to an
0: expert <laughs> yes you should go to my astrologer maddie murphy and she's amazing okay yeah text me that too. i will she is seriously amazing <laughs> she'll give you the whole rundown and she's so hilarious <laughs> she's like a character she's so good um good I I need a dressing down, I think. Yes, yes. So, my investigative journalism part of the podcast starts now. I have to ask you a very serious question. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Uh so so there's a a, uh, conspiracy theory on black Twitter that white people don't wash (laughs) their legs. Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it started when Ellen DeGeneres asked Taylor Swift if she washes her legs and Taylor Swift said she shaves her legs and that's kind of like washing them yeah <laughs> and then a um, poll was done and it came back 40% of white people say no they don't wash their legs
1: <laughs> 40%
0: 40%
1: yeah
0: So. I mean Ms. I guess it's the
1: reason your legs your legs don't they're not any cleaner than any other part of your body, right?
0: <laughs> I guess. So, Miss Tina, do you wash your legs?
1: I, I do, actually. I don't <laughs> bathe every day, though. I don't shower every day, so... Yeah. I might be an exception to that. You know, I... Um... I, so when I do shower, I, I get everything pretty, pretty thoroughly, but again, it's not every day, so, <laughs> I, you know, listen, I lived in Colorado for six years, I was a hippie for a while. I um, completely understand. I had, I had dirty feet for a while and, like, long, long leg hair and, and all that
0: shit, so, <laughs> I did
1: that for a minute, but yeah, no, I, I do... I do wash my legs. I don't scrub them or anything, but, you know, I give them the right, I give them the wipe down for sure.
0: Do you use a washcloth?
1: I use, like, a, a reusable, like, uh, scrubby thing.
0: Like a loofah or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, like a, a loofah, but not the plastic ones. I used to get those all the time, but then I had this whole existential thing about how it's harming the environment, and now I just have, like, the ones where uh-huh. you can wash them again. So it's like a, it's like a washcloth loofah.
0: Okay. I love that you had an existential uh, crisis about your loofah. Good for you, girl. Yeah. Oh, with the
1: plastic. Yeah, I was like, oh, so it's plastic. Well, can't recycle.
0: I love it. I think that's great. Um, well, thank you, because I've been asking um, almost all of my guests, and um, we're tracking two-thirds uh, of people do not wash their legs.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's really kind of a lot.
0: I I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, damn, okay.
1: (laughs) Man, I gotta say, Black Twitter has, like, the hottest content, man. I know. It's like, it is, it is like, it's where I get, like, all my information from, really. (laughs) Let me, let me be honest. Like, I don't, I don't really like to look at the news because it makes you depressed, but, like, Black Twitter is both, informative and hilarious
0: at the same time my <laughs> black twitter is always lit if you want to get information black twitter has it for you it has the infoli- information yes, and- like
1: the most up-to-date current information and then also like it's funny who we're dragging now you know? yeah and who you're dragging and, exactly. and we're celebrating too you
0: know so it's it's, it's a both uh, exactly um Miss Tina, uh, thank you so much for coming on and letting me talk to you. Yes, this is so nice. Uh, we have to do this again, not recording. Um, yeah, And am uh, I know, I need to. I really do need to. Um, if coronavirus ever lets me out of the house again, I sure will. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where do people find you, Tina? I mean, I'm all on all
1: the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Google Music. Um, Bandcamp is great because uh, you, know, you can support me directly there.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
1: uh, I have physical copies of both of my albums, or actually just one of my albums, one of them is out of print. Um, but yeah, uh, online, Instagram, all that shit. I, I'm not really active on Facebook anymore because hopefully we're canceling Facebook at some point. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Instagram is the best. Is the best uh, social that I'm the most act. My most active social, I guess.
0: What's your handle on Instagram?
1: It's Christina. Uh, Christina with a K, like outcast, is what I like to say. <laughs> um, Christina Murray, like Bill Murray, uh, and then just a little. Uh, what do you call those underscores? I always oh. call them slashes, but that's not the
0: Underscore, right word. yeah. It's under- underscore. Yeah. So Christina Marie underscore. So Christina with a K, Murray, <laughs> M U R R A Y underscore. Yeah, not
1: Marie. People are always like, oh, Tina Marie, that's so cute. And I'm like, uh
2: uh-uh, uh,
0: that's not it. That <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> So Christina Murray underscore on Instagram, and then you have the links to your website and everything, blah blah blah, so people can get a hold yeah, of your that's, stuff. And that's just Christina Murray and and all my info's on there too. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. It's so good to talk to you. And you I, too,
1: too. I, I love I loved chatting and, and yes. hanging out digitally. Yes. But um, let's do it in person next
0: time. Okay, absolutely. And I'll have to call you and catch up not recording soon. But um, okay. Absolutely. I absolutely adore you, and it was so good talking. So thank you.
1: Yeah, you take care, okay?
0: Okay, you too. Bye. See you well. Bye. Christina is the best. Everyone go get her music. Everyone go support her. She is absolutely a doll and, of course, has a beautiful singing voice and is amazing at guitar. She is just my favorite honky tonk babe. Um, you can get a hold of me at the artsob on Instagram or email me at TheArtsOb at gmail.com or hello at TheArtsOb.com. Both of them go directly to me and I will get back to you. Thank you so much for listening today.